0: So let me ask you a question. Oh, I better tell you before I get too far into it. Um, I, I say this every time I preach. Um, I'm not the preacher. I'm not Rex Stump. If you saw a Rex Stump pastor, that's not me. Um, Rex travels for FCA, and he has some... So when he is, um, I've been... Somebody gave me the title of JV preacher. So um, I'm the JV guy. So... Rex will be back next week, so at least give him one chance. So if you don't like today, just come back next week, give him a chance, because we have two different styles, and um, he does a great job. So uh, I just want to make sure that you understand, you don't walk out of here and say, man, Rex Stump is terrible, because that would be unfair to him. Um, so how many of you have felt at peace in the last 20-some months? Not very many hands going up, but... It, and I, I wonder why that is. It could be because we've been in the middle of a pandemic. And the the, the funny thing to me is that uh, I don't think anybody understands the pandemic. I, I don't know if you've paid attention. I haven't gotten all that wrapped up in it. But has anyone noticed that we get one message one day in... Like three weeks later, we'll get a different message that says it's something to... Has anybody else noticed that pattern as we've went through this? It's created some confusion for us, hasn't it? It makes it a little bit difficult because because we like to be... To to be at peace, we kind of like things to be understood. And we, we need to be able to make sense of it. Anybody else that way or just me? The series that we're in right now is It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. I actually... I talked to somebody last year at Christmas, I was watching it, and somebody that was not as old as me, but not as young as my kids, somewhere in the middle, had never seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know how you can be alive and celebrate Christmas without watching It's a Wonderful Life, at least once a year. It's a great movie. But what we're talking about is we're going through the fruit of the Spirit. And how, and Rex has made it, has made it apparent to us that, that the fruit of the Spirit isn't something that we grow on our own. It's, it's not something that I wake up in the morning and I say, today I'm gonna have peace. The fruit of the Spirit is, is something that comes from within. And the more that God gets into our lives, the more that those fruits begin to appear. So I want you to understand before we get started this morning that I'm not asking you to find a way to be more peaceful. I want you to understand that you can make some, you can do some things in the Holy Spirit and the Lord will help you experience peace. Everybody okay with that? Yes. Okay. Those of you that are new, this means yes. This means no. Okay. Yes. No. So if I ask a yes, no question and you don't want to holler out yes or no, you can at least nod your head. Okay. Cause that's just, that, this is the way I roll. So we're going to talk this morning about peace and I want us to think about, we're, we're going to, I'm doing something a little different today. Um, Usually I preach one type of style, and I'm. I, I grew up and went through Bible college, and we were taught three points, and most of the time the three points had to be either alliterated or rhyme, one of the two. You had to choose either either every point starts with the same letter or they all rhyme. Somehow you gotta somehow you gotta figure that out, and so I, that's the way I usually preach. But that's not the way we're gonna do it today. So we're gonna have more like a conversation. we in more like a teaching for a for a long portion of today. Because I think sometimes that's how we learn better. And if you don't learn what we're trying, what, if you don't learn what I'm trying to help you learn this morning, it's going to affect your ability to love the Lord. And that's really what I care about. Okay? Are we okay with that? If we change it up a little bit, do something a little bit different? All right, see? Somebody learn. One person there, yeah! All right, the rest of you will catch up. All right? If I were to say and ask you, when you think of peace and scripture, what comes to your mind? Throw it out there. This is, this is open form. Throw out what you think when you think of peace and scripture. Okay, Jesus being born. What else? The calming of the sea. Good, I like it. What else? Feeling of the sick, good. See, this is showing, and it, sh- and it happened in the first service too, it shows just how little I know about you all. Because I-, I thought, I thought what I was asking for you would throw out right away. And obviously you haven't. All good things. All good things about peace. I love it. But not one of you mentioned Philippians chapter 3. Anybody know what's in Philippians chapter 3? You can always count on one person, right? Throw it out there. Actually, Philippians chapter 4. Listen to this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Nobody's heard peace that passes all understanding? Because let me down. His peace will grant you heart, your hearts and minds and guard them as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you would like to have peace that passes all understanding? How important is peace right now in our lives? Isn't isn't that a huge thing? Are we, isn't that our big struggle right now? I mean, if you, if we were to sit and have a conversation and I were able to sit across from each one of you individually over a cup of coffee and say, what, what, what really is important in your life? Do you feel like you could use more of? Most of us would say peace. Because it's been a long we've had a long time of turmoil and not understanding and, and questions and confusion and lots of worries, haven't we? How many of you have been worried? Anybody anybody been worried or anxious? See, we're getting there. You guys. Next Sunday, next time I preach, I'll preach on honesty if we don't start doing a little better. All right. We all have worries, don't we? Why is it that Paul says, don't worry about anything? If you read the New International Version, you have the New International Version, and you were to open that up, it would say, don't be anxious about anything. And you know what our psychologists and our, and our, and our mental health and our health people have done? They've separated the two, right? Worry is different than anxiety. How many of you knew that? See, that's why, I, that's why I'm here, because I'm, I'm here to give you good stuff. But they say that worry is different than anxiety, because... Worry is more within your mind, they say. Anxiety, ex- anxiety, and I got this from the Henry Ford website, their health website. So it's not just Brian throwing stuff up there. I actually, actually did some research. I know that might surprise some of you, but I actually did some research. So all of those things they say. One thing that I want you to see in there is worry. They say is grounded in reality. Okay. This, this is directly off. You can go look at it. The Henry Ford website, they'll tell you, the, the medical website. They'll, they'll show this. Anxiety, though, is based in catastrophic thinking. What is catastrophic thinking? Worry? Worst case scenario, right? How many of you? How many of you watch Winnie the Pooh when you were a kid? Or you let your kids watch Winnie the Pooh? All right. Everybody know Eeyore? Eeyore is the poster child for catastrophic thinking. Nothing can go right in Eeyore's world, right? It could be 75 degrees and sunny, Eeyore's miserable because he's too hot. It could be 30 degrees and snowing in November, and Eeyore's upset because it's too cold. Eeyore's never happy. Everything is gonna be this huge, huge issue. And so that's, that's what, that, that's how we come, that's how we separate Worry and anxiety. So, so my question is, we, I preach out of the Bible. We teach the Bible, right? So what does the Bible say? Does the Bible give that same distinction between the two? How many of you say yes? How many of you say no? Oh boy. It uses them together. Now, why do I point that out? Why do I want you to understand that when the Bible said, when your English translation says, do not be anxious or do not worry, or it says, do not be anxious or do not worry, why do I want you to understand that the same word is being used? Why does that matter? This is why I think it matters. And since I'm teaching, that's really all that matters. No, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. This is why I think it matters. I think because when we look at what it says about anxiety and we look at what it says about worry, it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm not anxious. I just have a couple of worries because worry is grounded in reality and anxiety is kind cat- of, I don't think catastrophically, I, but, but the Bible says they're both the same. When it says do not worry, it also means do not be anxious. And so as we go through today, all of these verses that we see where it says do not worry, it's the same word. Everybody understand that? We're okay with that? Make sense? So, what was the first phrase in our passage of Scripture today? In Philippians chapter 4, what's our first phrase? Do not worry. Do not, worry. Do not be anxious. Right? So, So, how are we going to change it up? is we're going to spend a little more time talking about the negative. Usually, I'm a positive guy. I like to be an encourager. I like you to have fun. I like you to enjoy life. But at some but some points, I think it's important for us to look at the negative so we can understand how good the positive is. Everybody okay with that? Okay. So, what causes us to worry? We're going to talk about a few. You, you can agree to some of them, agree to not agree to all of them. It's, it's okay. I'm just giving you information. I want you to be honest with yourself. Fair enough? Okay. First of all, safety. How many of us worry about our safety? I don't just mean putting on my seatbelt because click it or ticket and we don't want caps writing as a ticket, right? When we talk about being safe, when I talk about being a, worry, worrying about being safe, how many of us want to make sure we make it to the next day? Right? Through these last several months, how much of an issue has been made about our safety and other people's safety? as we've discussed COVID that nobody really I think I'm not sure anybody really understands. Should you wear a mask? You, shouldn't you wear a mask? Should you be vaccinated? Shouldn't you be I am, we are not going to politically debate. I'm not, that's what I'm not here for. But nobody really understands. nobody really knows, right? So there's, there's worry because you worry if you're not wearing a mask, you worry. Well, what if I should be wearing a mask? If you are wearing a mask, well, should I? And so there's been all of this confusion and it's been all about, it's all about us being safe. It's all about us making sure that we're that we're healthy or that everything goes well. How many of you have children? Anybody have children? You, you you ever worry in the middle of the night about your kids? Yeah, you do. Absolutely. If they're younger, you worry if they're getting in trouble. If they're older, you're worrying if they're okay. Right? There's, <laughs> yeah. You see, we like to be safe, don't we? Let's. Let's get away from safety physically. Do we ever like to be safe spiritually? Do we ever try and protect ourselves? Worry about whether we're stepping out where we shouldn't step out? Do we ever, do we ever live our life safely? Because we're, we're afraid of making a mistake or doing something wrong? Somebody mentioned the storm. That's a great story. It's one of my favorite stories. The disciples are in a boat. They're out. And Jesus and the disciples are on a boat. And they're out, of, they're out on the sea. And all of a sudden this huge storm comes up. the boat's going all over the place. And they're going to wreck. And they, the, the disciples know that it's, it's almost the end. And they're frantically trying to figure out what they should do. And they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we're going to die. This ship is going to go underneath. We're gonna... Did you not see this storm? And Jesus is sleeping, right? How dare they wake him up. Dude, if there's a storm going on and I'm sleeping through the storm, leave me alone. And I love, only because I'm not as Jesus-like, but I love how Jesus answers them. Because Jesus starts with... He leads with. Why do you guys have so little faith? Why don't you get it yet? And, and then he walks out in the front of the boat. <laughs> there are so many stories in Scripture I wish I'd have been there for. This is one of them. He just walks down the boat and he goes, okay, calm down. Man, wouldn't that have been cool to see? That's the same Jesus we have. That one that said peace be still and the waves just went, Oop, okay. That's, that's my Jesus. We sang about that earlier this morning, right? That's my Jesus. He's the one that calmed the sea. He's the one that brought it to peace. But our safety is not the only thing that we're concerned about, is it? Is, it, is safety all that, we're, that we worry about? No, it's not. I'll give you an easy one. We worry about acceptance, don't we? How many of you like to be liked? See, this is where it gets your dishonesty thing going again. We all like to be liked, right? I mean, how many of us really honestly wake up in the morning going, man, I'm going to go see how many people I can make hate me today. Hey, we don't, that's not it, right? We want to be accepted. And how do we try and be accepted? What do we, what do we worry about when we're being accepted? Look at that first one up there. The clothes that we wear. Doesn't it seem silly that the clothes we wear cause us worry? But think about this. How many of you know somebody, certainly not you, but how many of you know somebody that will stand in front of a closet full of clothes on the night before they're going to go out and do something in public? How many know somebody that will stand in front of a closet full of clothes and say, oh, I have nothing to wear? (laughs) Not you right now. (laughs) Why is that? Is it because there really is nothing in the closet, that there's just a, clo- there's just a, there's a cloth rod and there's nothing on there? I really have nothing to wear. <laughs> or is it because we're worried about whatever we choose to wear somebody might think probably doesn't look as good? Does that ever play a role in our... See, I loved, 20 years I was in a uniform, I loved it. I could wear, I did wash like once a month. As long as you didn't get close enough to smell my uniform, I, I could wear that thing over and over and over again because nobody knows whether I'm changing it, right? Oh, Brian i got the same thing on today. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it's a uniform. That's the, that's the beauty of a uniform. Some kids say, oh, I don't want to have a uniform at school. Man, you ever get the opportunity to have a uniform? It's awesome. The chief told me that I had to go out of a uniform. I was like, oh, man. Because now I've got to stand in front of the closet and go, I have nothing to wear. But how else do we look for Acceptance. How about the way that we talk? How about the things that we say? How about the conversations that we include ourselves in? Do we ever join a conversation or avoid a conversation because of fear of what people might think if we say what we think we should say? Does that ever create worry for us? Ever create anxiety? Yeah. Sure it does. Listen to what Jesus says about your acceptance. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't share with and and confess stuff to his slaves. I call you what? I call you friends. Who's saying you're their friend? Who is this speaking, saying to the disciples, I don't call you slaves anymore. I call you, you're a friend of mine. It's Jesus. And what happens to us as followers of Christ, especially in today's world, is we forget that it's Jesus that said, I'll be your friend. We forget that it's Jesus that comes alongside us and puts our it's we forget that it's about that it's Jesus who says, You are always welcome in my house. And we spend so much time worrying about what other people might think and whether they'll accept us and whether they'll like us and whether they'll check the box, yes yes or no. I stopped giving those notes out a long time ago because I was, it, it always came back no when I was a kid, so I stopped giving them out. It's Jesus that says, no matter what happens in your life, I'm going to love you just the same. Why do we worry? Why does worry take such a hold in our life? Why do we get so anxious about things? Anyone worry about finances? Want to skip this one? Let's go right on by it. Nobody has money trouble? Man, how much time have you spent worrying or being anxious about your finances? How am I going to pay this bill? Now I will say, it's possible for you to put yourself into a position where it's difficult to pay the bills because you've bought stuff you didn't really need. Uh, so, but that's a whole other sermon. Not even today. Not even, but we worry about our finances, right? We, we worry about whether we're going to have enough. Who is it that says there's no need to worry about that? It's Jesus. Don't worry about those things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I like this. You're not going to like it, but I like it. Read that next sentence. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, these things dominate the minds of unbelievers unbelievers are the ones that focus on how am I going to make it? How am I going to wear anything? How am I going to eat anything? How am I going to drink anything? So think in your own heart. Just You don't have to say this out loud. This is not one I'm going to ask you to, to respond to. Think in your own mind. Those times when you're so worried about what you're going to be provided with. That's what overtakes the mind of the unbeliever. Which puts you in what category? Ooh. That's a little tougher, isn't it? Worry is one of the best tools Satan has. If Satan can make you worry... If he can cause you to be anxious, then how effective for him are you? Ooh, now you're starting to meddle, Brian. But think about it. I mean, really. When you're worried about your finances, when you're totally consumed with how you're going to pay your bills, are you able to minister for the Lord? No. No. You can't because you're focused on that. A couple more worries. We'll go through these a little quicker. Performance. How many of you like to succeed in life? This is mine right here. If, I, if you were to ask me what my greatest, what the thing I worry about the most, this is it right here. I worry most about what people think about me in my job and in my performance. I'm just owning it. I'm not saying it's right. I know it's wrong. But this, 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 is, this is me being open with you and sharing with you. I struggle, too, with worry. I just last week had to have a meeting with our public safety director. The public safety director is a deputy mayor, so she's second in line in city government underneath the mayor. And I had to have a meeting with her. And I was a nervous wreck because you don't want the person that answers directly to the mayor to think you're an idiot, Right? So I knew the topic we were going to discuss. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so I didn't sleep. I didn't eat very well. I was a nervous wreck. Why? Because I'm worried about what she's going to think about me? Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) The problem is, Jesus called me what? He called me a friend, didn't he? What can she control? Where my career goes. Right? What does he control? Where my eternity is. It sounds silly now, doesn't it? Think about your own life because... All of these worries that we've talked about. all At some point as I've went through here. Some point in this talk. I can almost guarantee every one of you in this room has said. Oop, leave me alone Brian. Because I hit a nerve at some point. All of those worries can be solved by one person. I would be remiss if I didn't spend a little time on this one. Unconfessed sin creates worry and anxiety in us that separates us from God. Anyone in here been a kid? See, that's an easy one. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody's been a kid. You don't want your kids to know it sometimes, but everybody's been a kid, right? You ever do something wrong when you're a kid? My mom and dad used to spank me before I went to bed every night. It was either for what they knew I did wrong or what they didn't know I did wrong. They knew I'd done something wrong, so I got spanked for it. That's kind of a stretch. The, that's kind of a stretch. But there was probably almost something worth being spanked for every day. Back in those days, it was okay. I'm old, old. But think about unconfessed sin in your life. What does it do with your relationship to the Lord? It turns in your tumbly, right? Rumbling in your tumbly, like Winnie the Pooh said. If we're going to go on Winnie the Pooh all day today, it, it gives you that tight feeling in your stomach, right? And, and you can't rest, and you, and it creates that anxiety. David said it this way: When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Finally, David says, finally. I confessed my sin to you and you forgave me. You see, I don't know what it is that creates worry and anxiety for you in your life. I don't know, and you don't have to tell me, but you know and you need to know. Because what did Paul say? That was that was all we spent all that time on one word. So hopefully you don't have a roast in the oven cuz it might burn by the time we get home cuz we've only done one word in the whole passage. I'm just teasing. What does Paul say after he says, don't worry about anything? Pray about everything. Present your needs to God with thanksgiving. You see, all of those worries that we have in our life, all of those things that that overpower us, and and worry and anxiety does overcome us, doesn't it? It can cripple us. It can hold us ineffective. It can make us unable to move at times. All of us probably at one point in our life or another can point to a time when worry and anxiety brought brought our lives to a standstill. The answer to peace The opposite of anxiety, the answer to peace, is prayer. And Paul uses three different things here. He says, pray about everything, request for your needs, and thanksgiving. Why would Paul specify three different things to deal with our anxiety? Because they're all important and they're all different. Well, what do you mean, Brian? I thought praying was asking. There's a difference. Praying is talking to God. In my prayer, I can make requests. In my prayer, I can ask. I can give thanksgiving. But prayer can also be conversations. Now, I want you to think about why I'm telling you this. How many of you have experienced anxiety or worry in your life? What do we often do with those worries and anxieties? Especially especially since social media has come out. I, I know I'm, I have actually. I was missing. My, my daughter was putting pictures of the grandbabies on Facebook. So now I'm, I actually am on Facebook. I do check Facebook every once in a while. but So I've gotten away from my hatred for it to just a solid, let me see my grandbabies and people I care about. So I've seen some, but... but Think about what happens sometimes in social media. People just throw it out there, don't they? All of their worries and all of their anxieties and all of their misery and all of their goodness and all of their struggles and all of those things, we talk about them, or we get on the phone, or we text message, or we email. We're talking to somebody about our worries, aren't we? When we have worry and when we have anxiety, we are almost always talk to someone. Even us guys. It might be around the water cooler at work. It might be on a golf course. But even we talk about our worries. Right? Why don't we talk to God about them? Because the truth is, I sometimes think I'm a smart feller. But if you're going to compare my knowledge and wisdom to God's knowledge and wisdom, that's probably going to, I'm probably going to come up short, aren't I? And you see, what we do is we spend so much time talking to other people about our worries and about our anxieties and asking them to help us because we're reaching out for help right we're saying this is worrying me this is causing me anxiety and i want to do better and i, I don't uh, I, you you fix it for me you make this go away you make this feeling in my soul go away so that i cannot be and the answer is here in philippians chapter four paul says don't worry about anything pray about everything that means this god you're kind of a jerk I've got, I've got family members that are sick. I've got people in the hospital. My job is a struggle right now, though it's snowing for crying out loud. Can we just talk about this? And the beauty of the Savior that we have is that's what he wants. That's what he wants. He knows He knows you're worried. It's not like he's surprised. When you say, God, this is really causing me struggle, it's not like he goes, whoa, didn't know that. Glad you brought that to my attention. It's us taking the time to talk to the person that can actually help us. The person that actually has the answer. The one that can actually give us a break from that anxiety. Sometimes, anybody afraid to talk to God and tell him what you really think? Sure you are. <laughs> Maybe someday. There's, there's, there's all kinds of feelings we have that we're afraid if we say those to God, he'll be upset with us, right? Right? The good news about God is he says, just come talk to me. What he really wants is a relationship with us. He wants us to be able to just come and talk to him and share with us. He wants us to share with him what's going on in our heart and what's going on in our minds so that he can help us. And then he says, we talked about about finances, right? If you have a need, who should you ask for the need? Who can provide it? The Lord. Right. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate. Everybody's going to gluttonous themselves. Sit on the couch watching football with a way too full stomach for Thanksgiving. Paul says, include Thanksgiving in your requests and in your conversation. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Did I did, did I not tell you that I was worried about something? What do you want me to thank you for if I'm worried about something? Man, God's blessed you, hasn't he? You see, what happens with us is we forget just how good God is. That's how worry gets in there. That's how anxiety takes over because we think it's all about us and we think as we have to solve all the problems and we think that we have to figure out all the answers or we have to find somebody that can walk alongside us and help us fix it. And if, that's not good, if, we, if I or my friends or my family can't fix it, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And, God, and G- God looks down and he says, duh, I've got this. I've got the answers you need. I've got the provisions you're wanting. I've got the forgiveness. There's no sin that God can't forgive. We talked about unconfessed sin. Some of you are afraid to confess it because you don't think anyone can forgive you for it. God says, There's no sin I can't forgive. God says, There's no need I can't fill. There's no safety that I can't provide. I, I am God, God says. I'm the one who made you. I'm the one who created everything. I'm the one that loves you. Even when nobody else does, you want peace? If you really, truly want peace in your life, the solution is simple. When you feel yourself worrying, pray. When you feel anxiety in your spirit, pray. When things don't make sense and you're trying to get all the pieces in the right place and they, they, they don't fit, pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. As they do, I, I'm going to ask you as a congregation to kind of forget all those things that you're thinking about for later today. And forget about those people that are sitting beside you. And as we've went through today, hopefully some worries and anxieties have come to your mind that are holding you back from experiencing peace. I don't know what they are but I know that you do. I want you, to, I want you to take a couple minutes and I want you to focus on those worries. I want you to chip away at them to find out where they really are coming from. What really is causing that worry and that anxiety in my life? And then I want you to listen to the Savior. I want you to listen to Jesus. I want you to listen to him say to you, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. I'll provide it. I want you to hear him say, I no longer, I no longer call you slaves. I call you friend. I love you. I I want you to hear him say to you, in the midst of your storm, well, the boat's about to be capsized. I want you to I want you to hear him as you're concerned about your safety and you're, you're concerned about people in your life that are sick and maybe even close to dying and, and people that are struggling physically and, and medically and mentally. I want you to think about those struggles that are in their life. And I want you to hear Jesus say, Peace. God says in Psalm 46:10, Be still and know that I, that I am God. see the problem, your financial problem really isn't a financial problem. It's a focus problem. Your health problem is really isn't a health problem. It's a focus problem. Your acceptance and your feeling unloved isn't really a love problem. It's a focus problem. Because Jesus has said, there's nothing, nothing you need, nothing you want, that I can't provide. Church today, let him provide it. And fall at his feet. Sometimes as pastors, most of the time as pastors, we we really just want you to understand how good God is. And how much God really, really loves you. And and how much God really cares about you. And how much he just wants to wrap his arms around you. And love you. And provide for you. And protect you. And guide you. I don't know where you're at today. I I don't know what your worries are. I don't don't know what your anxieties are. The answer to a though. No. I pray with all my heart that you'll give them to the person that can actually fix them let's pray God your message to Martha and Mary in their home when Martha was all worried about Mary not helping speaks so much to us. God, what really matters is our relationship with you. Today in this place, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will chip away at the ice that people have put over their hearts. I pray, Lord, that you'll help them to be honest about their worries and their anxieties. And that they'll bring them and they'll, they'll lay them at the altar and they'll, they'll lay them at the foot of the cross and they'll say, Jesus, I've tried on my own and I've tried with my friends and I've tried it with my family, but I, I realize it's only going to come through you. God, you're so good. We love you so much. We give you praise. In Jesus' name.